Welcome to Living Room Therapy. I'm your doorman, Dave. I think you should know I'm much more than just a doorman with a wonderfully soothing voice, though. I'm a person with feelings, and I hope... What's that, Jacqueline? Oh, okay. Looks like we don't have time to chat. Anyways, a fellow podcaster and longtime friend of Jacqueline's is here and just getting acquainted with the gang. Go on in there and watch your step. Well, thanks for thanks for joining us, Travis. I feel like uh, like you're a special guest. I appreciate that, Reed. Reed, I gotta tell you this: you got a voice. I've been listening to your voice. Uh, I've listened to the past few ones. I don't know if I've caught the uh, the one that you've released with with your guest yet, but um, your voice, a very soothing voice. And I don't know if you ever listened to ah oh man, it was Adventures in a, in Odyssey. It was it was a radio series for uh, for like children back in like my like my, my kids' age, like in early two thousands, maybe ni- in the nineties. But you would fit right in there. You got a nice soothing voice, a good voice, good radio voice, a good like narrating voice. You'd be a great narrator. I appreciate that. Yeah, I well, was a hey Travis what. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, Reed. sorry. I thought it was my turn. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was a recording engineer in Hollywood uh, oh. back starting in '78, uh, and uh, so you know that you know got to play with telefunkins and uh, tried to fool people into thinking that I was smooth. That's good. That's nice. I didn't know they had recording equipment back in 1978. That's awesome. Oh, it was that. very, very primitive. Yeah, wax <laughs> cylinders. Just, just two cans with a string. Yes. <laughs> I'm kidding. I, 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 a little, little bit about me, Travis. I, I applied yesterday for Medicare. Oh, my goodness. I know. It doesn't, wow. doesn't seem real to me either, but it's, it's true. 1955. Uh, ten years after the end of one of those wars, Korea, Vietnam, I forget which one. <sighs> I was an infant. I was a newborn. How would I know? Um, How did you get into using your voice for good instead of evil? Well, my dad nicknamed me The Mouth, um, and that's true. And uh, it's uh, something where I take a lot of pride in. I like hearing my own voice. I don't know if you guys are the same way. And uh, I just like to use it, I like to talk. I didn't. I don't. I know that we're in a Zoom uh, living room right now, which is weird. We're all on the same laptop in the same living room. That's so weird for us to sit there with laptops in our laps. We should just close. I'm going to close mine. Is that okay if I close mine? <laughs> I want to close mine. We can just look at each other's eyes right now. Does that work for you guys? Everything works. It does. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, so you can see that there really is no money maker here, and there's no money maker here. So I had to use the voice. No face. So you're, you're, oh, I just want to let the I couldn't know disagree you, more, by the way. He's pointing to his face and he's pointing to his huge guns. My arms. He's a beautiful man with a beautiful body. Do not listen oh, to Oh, guns. Yeah, I didn't want to get, uh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you, Reed. Yeah, I just showed up with my uh, laptop and some firearms. Firearms. <laughs> right. <laughs> wow. The deer hunter personified. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, it's been fun getting to know you guys and hear and hear about you guys and and kind of you know get your guys' backgrounds as well and how you guys got into therapy and uh, City University and all of that. Right? It was City U, right? That you guys went to. That's it. That is it. It's. I think it was named after City University of New York, which is kind of a ripoff. 
you know, but then again, nobody's heard of City University of New York, even though it's a it's a big deal. So it didn't work. But in my opinion, if I can speak freely. Talking with real people is therapy. That's I think my clients get to see me maybe 50 minutes a week. But if they have real people to talk to for hopefully much longer than that in a week. That's where the real healing is, I think. Nice. It's good. Reed has, uh, before you were escorted in from that, the uh, doorman. Oh, yeah, yeah. By the way, nicest guy ever. Nicest guy ever. Sweetest voice. Just a super sweet guy. He, would he wants to He wants to make it to the couch, and we just keep telling him, no. no. You have uh, your place. You, you got to stay. Yeah, it's, no, it's nothing personal. <laughs> we all have a role. Yeah. We all, yeah. He, he plays it well. Plays it well. Does, but that being said, before you got here, Reed was starting to tell us something. He said, "You know what? I, we we really want Travis to be able to wait." Travis, yeah. too. I'm in. So I'm in. I would love your input. Travis, have you ever been in 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 therapy? Don't answer if you just remain silent if it's none of our business. I have never been in therapy. I need it. Never been in. All right. Very good. Very good. Uh, the rest of us have, I believe, right? Jacqueline, Paul. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I have. All right, so I've been doing this for almost 10 years. And, you know, there, there are certain parameters. There are certain tenets. Um, we talk about authenticity, bringing your real self into the consult room. We talk about being a professional. We talk about this is a, uh, this is a business, professional, clinical relationship. And so there are certain boundaries, certain responsibilities, so on and so forth. Um, but uh, having said that, violating those norms can also be therapeutic. It can also be meaningless. So I'm going to present to you a, a two scenarios today from two um, uh, sessions that I did. One at four, one at five, where, uh-oh. What's going on? Monica's got the TV turned up. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go tell her. Uh, I'll, I'll give her a message. Okay. Yeah. Be right. Okay. Be right back. Ten bucks says he has to fart right now, and he's just trying to get out of there. Yeah. Really. <laughs> All right. All right. That's one. I didn't hear anything. That's one. <laughs> okay. She got told. Yeah. Good man. Whew. <laughs> okay we are actually talking about having her on in the future oh. she's awesome oh travis we you would her. fall in love uh, do you have a woman in, or a man or a, a puppy in your life several <laughs> okay um a I'm, puppy? <laughs> no i've got a, yeah i'm married married for about five years now okay yeah. are you into remarried you yeah. care to swap or uh you know i don't know it depends on what night it is all right so yeah monica's down to clown and also you would fall in love with her she's <laughs> She's a beauty. She's a keeper. Uh, 30, 35 years uh, on the 30th of July. Holy cow. Nice. Yes. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Um, so I was hot and sweaty. It's a, it's a, it was a beautiful day, 81 degrees. And it was time for my last two sessions of the day. And I was working from home. And I decided to water the grass. And since I, I do all of my sessions 
telehealth, uh, I had shorts on. And I decided not to have a shirt on. I'm getting the visual. I like it so far. So the first client that I had, married couple, and I feel if, if I weren't their therapist, I would be their friend. And so I thought they won't mind if I'm shirtless. Uh, and the and the frame was above the nipples. Let's let's say. And so we and we tuned in. We were here. They came. And now the the one of them only wears a kilt. He has never worn underwear in my presence. So there's a familiar familiarity. We're we're all humans. Right. Uh, and so it was. It felt very natural, and nothing seemed out of place. Sure. Sure. So. When I told Monica about it, she was wondering, wow, a shirtless therapy session, that's unusual, and, and it is a first for me. So anyhow, that is scenario number one for you two, you three to judge me on. Go. Uh, marketing opportunity. I like that. Thank you. You can say shirtless, <laughs> or if I wear a shirt, it's an extra $25. Okay. <laughs> Yes. Oh, Jacqueline is deep in thought. I can see she's searching the ceiling. I don't know what I think. Well, I guess I have a question. So how come you brought it up to Monica? Uh, oh, I see. You're wondering if I was having an ethical dilemma and I needed to consult. Mm-hmm. I was bragging. <laughs> I would too. I was Cartman. I do what I want. Yeah. Yeah. She pushed back a little bit because she doesn't like it when I do what I want. And uh, she needed a favor. It had to do with t helping her tie up some tomatoes. We're kind of getting sidetracked, but That's okay. um, it's, it's a negotiation, right? You do this for me, Paul. You know how it happens in, in New Jersey. I may come to you. For a favor. I'm happy to help you with this, but yeah. So... Anyhow, so that's scenario one. Paul, would you like to weigh in with your ethical uh, puritanism? Well, I definitely wouldn't have done that. There's a transference and countertransference issues there, I think. That's my personal opinion. Okay, how was I, how was I countertransferring? I cannot read your mind, but I imagine that they had some transference issues. They weren't expecting their therapist not to be wearing a shirt, probably. Did you discuss your shirtlessness? Um... I think they complimented me on how comfortable I looked. And, and right away, let, let's call him, we'll just, I'll just give him a, a random name, Travis. So Travis says, well, you know, you're, he, That's oh, confusing. he asked, he said, are you, are you wearing pants? He could see that I was a bit naked to, up top. He said, he said, are you wearing pants? He didn't say, I hope you're wearing pants. Please be wearing pants. It would be inappropriate if you weren't wearing pants. He just said, are you wearing pants? And I tilted my phone. I was on my phone. I usually do a laptop with them, but when I was outside, anyhow. So I tilted my phone down, showed my black uh, athletic shorts that I'm wearing right now, and uh, they and they called them trunks. They're from not around here, apparently. And so, and then he made a joke about he's never worn underwear in my presence, or he's no. That's not right. He said, I've never worn pants in your presence. Because he's got a kilt. He's right. a, he's a, right. he's a utility kilter. So what I get from this is a guy who's never been to therapy and definitely doesn't have any qualifications for it. I feel like you possibly did something to get a reaction. 
And I don't know what the reaction you were wanting, but you were probably wanting to see how they would respond. Are they feeling comfortable with you where it wouldn't even be a like, oh, he's it's just reading. He's just got a shirt off. No big deal. Or do you think that they'd be like maybe not so comfortable with you? Were you thinking that they weren't completely opening up in the sessions? Were you wanting to see if they, like almost like a poker player might uh, might might raise the bid just a little bit to kind of see how comfortable they are with you? I think that's an insightful observation, and I would have made the same one if I didn't have all the information that I have that you all couldn't know. Um, I we do not do much therapy. And I would love to really tear into their issues, and we, but we go slowly, slowly, slowly. And so I am not to the stage where I'm trying to get a reaction out of them, although there are plenty of times where I've tried to uh, do what you're, what you're talking about, Travis. Uh, in this case, and I can be completely unconscious about all this, in my, in my mind... I was just being me. It was a hot day and they wouldn't care. And I, I wasn't trying to refute your You're comment, fine. Travis. Oh. But I think Wait, I think, we go way back, so I felt comfortable. I think, no, I think I think <laughs> I think that makes sense. And I love trying to get a reaction out Yeah, of I'm a reaction guy too. Either yeah, I'm, I'm, I use yeah. I use profanity, I use jabs, I I use paradox, which we were we were trained to use in, in grad school. But in this case, it was it was benign. It was I'm bringing it up because it's unusual, and if the health department, you know, wanted to do an inquiry, I would say, um, "Fuck off." You might get a reaction. <laughs> well, were you wearing a mask too? I mean, aren't you supposed to wear a mask in public? Just, just no shirt and a mask. <laughs> And you, and you say oh, this to Paul. you open up to, with this you go you may be wondering why i'm wearing a mask right now and that's it <laughs> yeah <laughs> now in another context right in hawaii in uh fiji in in thailand that may be the way that that everybody does therapy right okay the second second scenario uh a married couple oh man uh, I can't. I don't want to reveal too much about about this couple. It is explosive, but anyway, super interesting case. But again, we don't do much more than, you know, a lot of clients don't have people like like we all have in our lives, right? People who can be re- they can be real with, they can complain to, they can vent to, they can not necessarily ask for advice, not ask for intervention. Not ask for anything except to just see me and hear me. And so that's what I do for these two. And so I appeared the same way that, that I mentioned. And the first thing the, the, uh, the woman said was, oh, he's relaxing outside today. So she was, she was completely comfortable with it. Wait, wait, and- time out. You're not wearing a shirt for this one either. Yes, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Two in a row. <laughs> that's right. Right. I thought, I, I thought sunny and 80. I didn't get sanctioned uh, in the, after the yeah. first one. Let's roll yeah. the dice. Let's l- let it ride. 
Did you yeah. did you take socks off? Those were those trunks still on? Did you did you want to spice it a little bit more? They did not ask to see below the waist. So I think they were assuming that I was nude. <laughs> <laughs> Which means that there's a lot of healing going on. That's good. I yeah. think. Right. Have you all yeah. have you ever ever been to a nudist colony? Do they call them colonies? No, no, but no. isn't there one over in Issaquah yes. or there was for longest time? Monica and I went there when Madison was a toddler. We, the three of us, went there. You might know my aunt and uncle then. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Describe their bodies. <laughs> they would go, yeah. Is oh she kind of buxom? She is. Yeah. Mole and maybe three yeah. nipples. Yeah. You know her well. Anyway, um, okay, so why were you asking about the nudist colony? Because I love nudity. I love being nude, but I don't want to impose it on anybody, right? If Thank you. you. Came... <laughs> if you came over and I was nude and you said, stop that, I wouldn't say, oh, don't you ever judge me again. No, I would say, oh, oh shit. Oh, sorry, I, I didn't notice. Little re- Yeah, you're accommodating nudists. That, that's... Yeah, or if you wanted to come over, Jacqueline, and be nude. And Dave, too. I mean, I'm, we would be more open to it, I think, than Travis or Paul. I might, I might get nude with Paul. Because Paul, <laughs> Paul's not into it. Like, you'd be too into it. We'd be like, hey, all right, you're hanging out now. Yes. And Paul would be like, I, I, Paul, I'd want to kind of have that first experience with him first. He, he... <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Uh, That's so sweet. Take my virginity, huh? Yeah, your nudity virginity. (laughs) I was born nude. (laughs) All right, that's that's uh, that's something I didn't know about you. Is there a therapy session for after the therapy session? Is there? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah. There There needs to be. There needs to be. Yeah. It's called the job security session. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let's get back to your story here. She says, oh, you're relaxing outside. Now, what does he say? No, wait, wait. Did she say it in a way like, oh, you're relaxing? <laughs> or, or, yeah. or, 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 or was she like, oh, you're relaxing? You know, you guys are really making me... Uh, <laughs> Use your Second memory? Yes. Yeah. When I, when I did these things, this was just a few hours ago. When I did it, it was so careless, so thoughtless, so unthinking. It's as if I only was thinking of myself and no one else. And now I think I probably should have been more thoughtful. I think that now that you bring this up, because you're, I, I, I'm still on that reaction. Maybe you wanted this reaction here. You weren't looking for a reaction from them. You wanted to tell this story later and hear what Jacqueline and Paul had to say about it. Travis, I'm naked before you. It's, <laughs> o- it's only my voice. You can't see me. You don't know what color I am, how old I am. Can we get a lamp turned on in here? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I did, t- before you came on, I did tell these two, I, I have something to say. Uh, should I tell you, should I give you a preamble? What's the difference between a preview and a preamble? I don't know. My vocabulary is is uh, pre-Columbian, uh, and they said save it, and so then I th- I thought to myself, oh yeah, save it. Save I like it. Real. I pre- thank you for opening up on that. I You're welcome. I love stories like that. Yeah, and uh, am I embarrassed? Am I gloating? Am I bored? Yes, am yes, I- and yes. That's <laughs> you can you can put a 
check mark to all yeah. votes. Let me, let me, Travis, I think you're going to vote yes already about gloating. Jacqueline and, and Paul, do I, am I a show off? Am I trying to get a reaction so that I can feel like I exist? Yes or no? Reed, I just. I might, might. Yeah. Go ahead. I just, you already I, voted yes, Travis. Shut up. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I think Reed's trying to write a new book, Therapy in the Times of COVID. So I think that's, and he wants some good stories for this. So I think this is just one wow. of, you know, an opening chapter well, in his new book, Therapy think, in the Time of COVID. Just when I think you have nothing to contribute. Oh my God, that's amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Jacqueline, how can you help me? I mean, I just, I like, I like your comfort level. I mean, I don't know if I've told you this, but I've always wished you weren't my friend and I wish you were my therapist. Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If you ever told me that, I don't remember it. That is the biggest compliment I've ever heard. Oh, well, uh, I think very highly of you. But you know, we've been over this. The therapy that you and Paul and I did together, I'm, I'm tearing up talking about this. In the on the drives that we've done together, you don't need training for that. You just need a soul. You need a, you need to know how to connect to somebody. And I would recommend anybody to you as a therapist. And if I needed a therapist, which I'm completely healthy and I don't, don't ever suggest that I do. I would go to you. Thank you. When you were just sharing that, it makes me think of the authenticity that you show. I mean, you're you, and I really appreciate that more than anything else. So if you don't want to wear your shirt, I don't give a shit. <laughs> okay. So psoriasis is cool. <laughs> no yeah, shirt. Yeah, well, sounds good for psoriasis. It's, yeah. it's authentic, I'll tell you that much. No shirt, no shoes, no dice. No session. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. With you guys who've been to therapy in the past, did you ever have uh, a therapist maybe do something, maybe not like not wear a shirt, but did they do something that kind of made you feel, oh, like give you that wow moment? Not like it's like figured something out for you to think about, but maybe they presumed comfortability. Maybe they started sharing their problems with you. Maybe that, was there anything in, in that realm where you felt like maybe they had crossed some boundaries possibly? Yeah, that's a good question. I agree. Excellent question. I've had three therapists. The first one was down in Southern California, Southern California Counseling Center. And I bet you I had an an intern, a beginner. And I was depressed and I was grieving and I was dealing with um, a childhood that I wasn't very equipped to process. And I kind of forget how the sessions went until I met a girlfriend at, uh, at the job where I was working. And I came in and I said, you know, I don't think I need therapy anymore. I have a girlfriend and I feel happy now. And this therapist, to his credit, said, okay, great. Enjoy your, uh, your lack of symptoms. So your question doesn't apply to that therapist. The next therapist was the one who uh, whom I've talked about on this on this podcast who helped me figure out that I needed to uh, listen to my soul and, and get onto my calling and, and follow my, my my path. And he never had to do anything extreme. 
and I wasn't with him very long. And I, after just a few sessions, I said, will you be my uh, mentor? And he kind of, he kind of recoiled. And I don't know if it was because he was losing me as a paying client, because now I was going to pay him um, a, a, a mocha per session, or he was surprised that I had recovered so fast, or I don't know what. So he never had to do any weird interventions. And then the last ther uh, therapist I had uh, was helping me through some anger issues that I had when my <laughs> oldest daughter was a rebellious teenager and I was wanting to be respected and obeyed. And uh, she also took a very straightforward approach and never had to be, ever had to do weird interventions. I am the world's best patient or, or client. I do the homework. I want to run through it. I want to get, get, let's get this all processed and get healed. And so uh, the two clients that I mentioned earlier are, I wouldn't say resistant, but they're long-termers. Did you think, now I come from a religious background, and I was the same way when it came to religious uh, type faith-based classes and stuff like that. I'm gonna, if, I, if I check the check marks, A, B, C, D, E, F, then I will be healed, or I will be able to work through this. It came to a point where I realized it's not about, it's not like taking a test at school and like just filling out the assignments. You also got to do the work. Did you fall into that? Let me, yeah, great question. I was diving in with both feet. I was trusting her. I'll say her name, Joanne Jones, phenomenal therapist. She gave me, here's the big homework that she gave me that I have stolen from her and that I use. And it's called Timeline. And you take a big old piece of paper and you put your birth date and today's date and you make these lines. So here's my family of origin line. All the significant events that made me who I am today. Here's my work line. Here's my school line. Here's my relationship line. Here's my friendship line. Here's my self-care line. And you fill it all out and you bring it in. And I showed it to her and she said, wow, this is significant. And she pointed to a big, a big hole. What are you avoiding right here? And that gave us a point of, of entry. I worked through a whole bunch of dad stuff. You guys have heard me talk about my father, Max, and I had, he was, uh, at this point, he was dead and I hadn't forgiven him yet for being human. So I worked through that and I went home that night to Monica and I was telling her about all the dad stuff I was processing. And she said to me, um, well, now I guess you should probably work on your mom's stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you thought it was it. You thought it was done. She, she would have made amazing therapy. If she, she would, she would take all this tragedy home with her. So she, she's not set up to, to be able to be a therapist, but she's a wonderful friend perfect partner. And I said, Oh, 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 Oh. And then I went, I went back and, and we did the mom work. And uh, so to answer your question, no, I wasn't just checking the boxes. I really wanted to work. I dug down deep and boy, do I appreciate clients like that? You know, but I also respect the ones who aren't, who aren't ready. I mean, I was, I was older, you know, you, sometimes it, it takes time to, to be ready. Travis is our guest, and I'm wondering if uh, it's turned the other way around here. 
that's my defense mechanism. I know. I wonder, like, how do we break through this? Travis, tell us something that you desperately don't want us to know about yourself. That's a hot coal right at me, 100 miles per hour. It's okay. Here's... Take a breath. You know. Oh, uh, this is disruption. Uh, uh... <laughs> I asked you guys pretty easy once. I feel. <laughs> Was there a time you felt somebody cross the line? Travis, what are you hiding? <laughs> well, we could do another thing. We could do two truths and one lie. So you could give us two truths and oh, one lie. Oh, Travis and I were talking about that. He wanted to... Uh... We wanted to see if you guys could guess. Because obviously, I'm Jacqueline's friend. And, and she brought me on here. So if you wanted to try to guess one of our stories that we have... How do you two know each other? We... Go back to high school. Oh, you're Enum Scratchers? Well, I'm an Enum Scratcher. Millennial, class of 2000. I'm Peninsula High School. We're your, we're your sworn enemies. Oh, you brought out the pictures. I got a picture from oh, um, Homecoming. So if you can see right here, that's me getting uh, hugged for being Homecoming Queen. What? Oh, well, but just wait a second here. I didn't know that. There's a person that I'm hugging who is the king and Travis is over <gasps> here side-eyeing him because he's so angry that he's not the king. He's the prince of tides? He and I have joked about this for years, but it's it's a sore spot for him. <laughs> and I'm, I want to open it up Friggin', so you I'm guys friggin'. can help him heal a little bit, me. too. Of all places to do this. No, here, I'll tell you a quick story. I'm going to pretend all three of you guys are my therapist, okay? And I'm just going to just tell you a quick story um, about my life. I grew up in the outskirts of Enumclaw. I was bussed in for school. Hour. It took me an hour. I lived in Selick. It was an old wood mill town out in Ravensdale, Kanaskit. Um, it's by a huge watershed. It's the Tacoma watershed. And that's and it actually, if you get on Kent Canyon, if you know where Kent Canyon is at, it actually becomes a dead end and loops back. Well, we're at that loop. Okay? And so that's where I grew up. In a single wide trailer with me and my brother and my mom and my dad. A 50-foot single wide out in the middle of nowhere. I move out. My parents bought or built a house. It was great. So uh, they waited for me to move out. And then they build. So, <laughs> and it's a beautiful house. So anyway, we're going to fast forward. I lived a very secluded life, right? Because I didn't have the neighborhood. I couldn't like go down to the park and play with all the kids from school. There was probably a handful of children that were my age. That was it. Right. And so we'd ride our bikes. It wasn't like I didn't have anybody to hang out with, but I didn't have like the like everybody from school. I wouldn't run into people or, you know, around town and maybe make a friendship that way. First grade, best friend, Joe, he moved away. Second grade, second grade, best friend, Chris, he moved away. Third grade, third grade, best friend, Jeremy, he moved away. Fourth grade, fifth grade, best friend, another Joe made that mistake, moved away. Seventh grade. So in seventh grade, that's when all the schools from around the area merged into one junior high. Jacqueline knows this. I didn't have many friends. I didn't have really any friends. This reminds in me of like a military family, like moving and how hard that must be uh, on them. Yeah, it's, 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 the, it's just my seventh grade. I made a friend. His name is Antonio. He was from Little Rock, Arkansas. And he was a, uh, we live in a very predominantly white uh, area. He was a black kid that got moved in there from Little Rock, Arkansas, of all places, and now he's in Enumclaw, Washington. And my heart felt for the guy, and I didn't really have any friends, so I went and made a friend with him. 
And then same thing in eighth grade. It was just me and him being friends. And then he moved away what? halfway through eighth grade. I know. So don't make friends with me. And uh, then I moved into my freshman year. And I remember riding on the bus. Because, again, it's a bus. It's a long way. Freshman year. I see this kid who's just got this permanent smile. Almost like the Joker. He just always had a smile. And I liked that guy. It's an inviting thing. And I, and, and I just was like, you know what? I'm going to be that guy. Smiling and friendly and inviting to people. And so in my, my freshman year, I started making friends with a few people. And then in my sophomore year, I'm like, I remember being scared to death as a freshman. I'm going to go make friends with the freshman. So I make friends with a lot of the freshmen of that grade. And not, not realize what I'm doing, but I'm growing a network that I wasn't really trying. I wasn't thinking like, oh, this is how I'm going to network here, you know, as a sophomore. Moving into my sophomore year, or my uh, junior year, I went to a, a Christian y Young Life camp, made friends with a very uh, good friend still, Aaron, and he was a pretty popular kid. And I never went to part. I never did it. I was just like the good kid, right? I didn't go out and do crazy stuff. And well, he brought me into that world. And uh, and so we were hanging out a lot more. And he was a very, again, he was a, he was a, uh, he was a senior, very popular guy. In fact, I was able to get voted into our Mr. EHS, and then I ended up winning that. I was the first underclassman ever to win that as, as a junior because of, I just wanted to be have fun and be me, and I happened to win, which was great. Tell, tell them what Mr. EHS is. It's like a mock like beauty pageant. You know, it, it was right before senior prom, and so they'd give you free tuxes. It was like the tux shop would like – you could model it in a sense. It, it was like they, they, they sponsored it, and then – so it was two people from their freshman class, two people from the sophomore class, two people, two guys from the uh, junior class, and then three seniors. And it would be like a talent competition. You'd have questions asked. You'd give two answers. You'd be, you know, it would just be whatever you want to do. So I danced to... What was your talent? I'm too sexy for this shirt. So, in fact, that's what Reed was saying earlier today. I he told you that you thing were off. hot. He was listening to that earlier. He's like, I'm too sick. I'm not going to wear my shirt today. And so that was, was that a coffee pot? <laughs> I'm <What> thirsty. Is... <laughs> okay. That's caffeine addict. Wow. Yum. Yeah. So, so I, so I danced to it. I had fun. They asked me the question, what are you? What would you be? Uh, you know, if, if you were a fruit, and I remember saying a pineapple hard on the outside, soft and juicy <laughs> on the inside. Right. And so, uh, That's and then also, one. uh, yeah, thank you. You can use that. Anyway, I won it, and then that kind of thrust me into stardom. Yes, high school Hollywood stardom, and uh, fake. Everything's fake. That's why I say Hollywood. It's all fake. So uh, when it, when it, when I got into uh, my senior year, I was voted class clown. I was voted to the homecoming court, and that's and Jacqueline and I became really good friends at that point. We even shared. She didn't know this. I guarantee she forgot about it. But we shared a locker our entire senior year. It was her, me, and our other friend, and uh, and I had a crush on this other girl. I tried to get her into the locker, and I was told no. But uh, but anyway, we, we shared a locker. I'd hang out a lot. Do you want me to tell the story about the conversation with your dad? Is that okay to tell that story or no? Can I just interrupt and say that Enumclaw is so poor? They make kids share lockers. Jesus. No, this is a choice. It's a choice, right? I would say he was ahead of his time. He's polylockerish or something like that, rather than polyamorous, <laughs> sharing lockers. Um, and so, anyway, uh, Jacqueline and I were awesome friends. Awesome friends. In fact, my fourth, thir fourth child, third daughter, named is Jacqueline. 
And it's and on, again, it's because I don't have any bad feelings towards that name, right? So when that name was presented to me, I was like, absolutely. That's I got an awesome friend that's named Jacqueline. Spell it a little different. I hope you put um, a Q but, in uh, it. Please tell me. We did, we did, we did. But we did, but we do spell it L Y N N because my wife's middle name is Beautiful. Lynn, and so we wanted to put Jacqueline together, and uh, so that's how we got it. I struggle every time I type Jacqueline's name. How the <laughs> fuck do you spell this? <laughs> She's got a great last name now. Her other last name, I didn't know how to spell that either. By a consonant or something, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I don't know how to pronounce it even. Um, <laughs> so we would go, we actually kissed dating goodbye together. I don't know if you guys have talked about that yet, but that was a book back in the day. Jacqueline hates this. She, she's like, she's going to wince. I got more stories. Uh, but Jacqueline and I, did, we were like, and she was like, yeah, I think I'm going to do that. And I'm going to focus on, on, on like myself. I'm going to focus on school. I'm going to focus because she had, you know, sports to look forward to in college afterwards. And for me, I'm like, yeah, I'll kiss Danny goodbye too, because it's easier when you don't. <laughs> I can say that I got an excuse now that no one's wanting to date me. Give the context of what I kiss dating goodbye is. It was a book. It's it was a, a, book. a Christian book, and we were, you know, I was I was Christian at the time, and we were involved yeah. in young life, and it was like, right. yeah, this whole purity thing. Is it like kissing your genitals goodbye? <laughs> well, pretty much. We would skip class and just go talk and read it and talk and do dumb stuff. So we got very comfortable, so comfortable, in fact, that now that I've got high school daughters, a soft, there it is right there. Oh, Paul's brought it up on the phone. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't recommend it at all. Like zero Did stars. You, that guy, that guy, that guy renounced it. Did you hear about that? Oh no, I did it. That's great. Like five years ago, he goes like, that's the dumbest. I should have never wrote that book. I'm very <laughs> sorry if that messed up anyone's life. So one night we're hanging out. And I'm like, well, I'm just going to crash here. Cause again, I live like a half hour, 45 minutes away. So I'm like, I'm just going to crash here at my house. Yeah. At her house. And I usually, we, we, you know, sleep on the couch, whatever. Well, that night we slept in the same bed and we slept with like a, it was like COVID six feet apart. Like we weren't touching. We weren't talking. We were just like sleeping. And the next morning I didn't even think about it. Cause she's like my friend, right? You know, it's kind of like sleeping at your, at your boy's house in a sense. And so you know, her dad's like, Hey Travis, can I talk to you? And I'm like, yeah, Hey, sure. Thanks for letting me spend the night. Yeah. And he's like, Please never do that again. And I'm like, <laughs> and I, I did not know. Like, I'm like, I can't sleep here anymore. Like, I'm like, what? And he's like, you can't sleep in my daughter's bed with her. And I'm like, oh, now I get it. Wasn't getting it that night. Now I'm now okay. Now I get it. So, uh, but one of my, I don't know if I can share this story, Jacqueline. Are we? Is 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 this? What are you afraid of me sharing? Can At I this share point, this? yeah, I'm not. I don't. I can't imagine you sharing anything. You can edit this, right? Sure. Okay. So I'm gonna tell this story though. So senior year, we have our senior party, the big senior class party with everybody there. And it was like a high school movie where you had the jocks and then even the nerds showed up. Like it, it was everybody. It was, was just there. everybody. It was yeah. absolutely everyone. We're out in the woods. We're on a bonfire. Me and my buddy, Adrian, we're, you know, everyone, it's been there for a couple hours. People are drinking. There's, there's obviously alcohol there. There's Pepsi's there, Doritos, 3D, whatever. And we kind of see off in the core, off in the distance, like this light kind of like circling around. And we're like, wouldn't that be funny if that was like a helicopter? And then right when we said that, it just made a like a beeline to us, right? Now I had got there. I I was there with Jacqueline. I was the DD. I wasn't drinking, so it was Jacqueline and a few other of our friends. All of a sudden, like around the trees, everywhere, blue and red lights everywhere. <laughs> 
and that's and, a it's a police helicopter flying in oh, right over the top spotlight we were busted we were so busted and at that point i didn't know what to do except for just let's get to jacqueline's car and i get i find jacqueline i get her in the passenger seat i go find our other two girls that are friends and get in the back seat, and they're in the back seat and i don't know if jacqueline remembers this they were headhunting her because she was the worst she was one of the worst ones that were drinking and so <laughs> that i had a i had a ranger or whatever whoever cop whatever it was the sheriff came up to me and rolled down the window and goes yeah that's her you stay here you don't go anywhere and i'm like and then jacqueline's next to me and she's like travis i've got a full ride i've got i can't be caught like this i can't have i got scholarships to think about here and she's really drunk saying this so it's coming out like his scholarships i can't be caught here call you gotta go and so i'm feeling that peer pressure it's my friend obviously that i that i care about i don't want anything bad but there's also a sheriff and i'm like 18 like oh, it's a sheriff well another sheriff came up after that one walked off another sheriff and said what are you still doing here get out of here and i'm like all right so we took off and we drove down the down the road and we got home and uh, we got actually to her house, and all four of us crawled into bed. Reed knows what I'm talking about. All four of us g- crawl into bed, and I'm in the middle. I'm sandwiched in the middle. These three girls, hot. Okay, so I'm like, this is the life. I've, I've, I'm here now. I've done this. This is great. So we're just, late, but everyone passes out. We're not doing anything. We just pass I can out. Die right. now. I'm, I'm, I'm die happy. And I told my friends this later. I'm like, yeah, this, these three, but. And they're like, did anything happen? I'm like, no, we passed. Everyone fell asleep. I woke up in the morning thinking I was the coolest guy going to sleep. I wake up in the morning and the girl behind me had puked down the back of my shirt and another one had peed the bed. So I'm, I'm, I'm just sleeping in just filth. This is not fast times at AM Claw High. It was, it was looking like it and then it went straight straight down so anyway so that's that's that so that was me i went from like the nobody had no friends and friends would move away to now all of a sudden fun guy class clown popular kid we um so for homecoming in enumclaw it's kind of like the he was talking about this mr ehs it's very formal and you have to write out a whole script that you dress in a formal gown and you are you know, escorted out in front of this gym, just full of people and they're reading your script and you get up and you have to answer questions in front of the judge. Like it's a nervous wreck of an experience. Before that we have coronation. We have to have dinner with the judges. So they see how we are and just asking questions. There's what else is there, Trav? Oh, we're also homecoming. This is homecoming. We're talking about not mystery. We're talking about homecoming. We're talking about homecoming. I just wanted to like compare like just the formality of the things in Enumclaw. Um, So it's similar to that as far as how, um, how grand of a, a thing it is. But my partner and I was so grateful when we had to have this like fancy formal dinner with the judges. And so every maybe 10 minutes they would, they would switch. So there was probably like six, six different judges. And so we're eating dinner over an hour. And so we get about 10 minutes with each judge and having Travis be my partner for that. I still remember I had so much fun. All we did, we made the judges laugh. I mean, we just, I thought it was solid. I thought we were both win. But here's yeah. the thing I realized. You go to a club, you, you know, there's some hot people out there that bring their ugly friends around so that they can appear a whole lot hotter. 
So she was very smart in linking up with me. She's like, listen, I know I think I could win this on my own. But if I bring Travis along, I'm really going to shine personality. You, will, will you stop? Hey, you two, how do you like that he deprecates on himself all the time? He's a good looking dude, right? I'm always defecating all <laughs> over myself. Don't. So. <laughs> in Risers, debutantes in Enumpha. I'm amazed. You guys are the Hornets, right? Right. Yes. Okay, yes. so the Peninsula High School Seahawks, we used to drop acid on Thursday night, <laughs> skip Friday, and we'd say, you know, here's why we're better than the Hornets. They're all smoking corncob pipes. They Some of the fancier ones have lighting fixtures in their outhouses. We will never be like them, and we are okay. <laughs> We've already succeeded in yeah. life. And of course, that was also 1942. <laughs> so <that laughs> God, before the war, it was, it was really the boom times. Okay. okay Zoomer. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I love, I love stories that are stranger than fiction. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. If you, if you put that into a movie, it's a, you know, dial it back. That's too much. Yeah. yeah. It's just yeah. too much. Yeah. yeah. She could Just, she couldn't have been that hot and there couldn't have been that much vomit in the bed. There was a ton. It wasn't hers though. And uh It was yeah, not no. mine. Yeah. And do you like the juxtaposition of the and I think I did vomit on the police. I heard that anyway, and I don't know if that was uh That's why they wanted Did to I vomit on the police <laughs> officer's shoes or something or close to them? I don't know. But I mean just I the know. juxtaposition All of that I know with me winning homecoming just... queen just so you know that i was a full-bodied woman right. like it was you had it all. just i had it she all did. she did she was uh asb what were you asb what was your no ASB i don't thing? i wasn't secretary really. general yeah, you were at least hey, you were hey uh no but i wasn't all anyway, that in a bag of chips i had travis get up on stage with me and perform uh what song did we perform uh i was trying to be this the class president I didn't win, but I had so much fun oh, because we pulled out. he was your supporter. He always is. for you. We went and found um, basketball jerseys from like the 70s. You know, those short, <laughs> short basketball oh, shorts. We got time. up on stage and like performed a whole song, made 70s. just ridiculous. We're just yeah. <laughs> Go. It was fun. I would always support Jacqueline. The funny thing is, is that I know that when I was in high school, I thought, I'm just going to have fun. This is kind of a dumb time. I'm not going to care about this in four years. And so then I just lived it in a, in a kind of like this, like, I shouldn't say dumb, but carefree way. I'm going to have fun. I know that I'm going to have fun now and I'm going to do my work, do my homework, do all that, but I'm going to have, I'm just going to have fun. And I'm not really going to care what these guys think about me in five years anyways. And now I went through a divorce when I went through my divorce after 13 years of marriage and Everything gets now posted on social media. People find out about it faster. They're they're messaging you. Like I was divorced like for like a year, and someone's message would be like, "Oh, I just found out that you were divorced." It's like people start prying into your life. It reminded me a lot of when I kind of had that moment of awareness in in high school, where I said I'm just going to be carefree and have fun, and not care what other people think. That's what happened when I went through my first divorce. And so I'm kind of in that realm again, again, married for five years now, my second marriage. I'm just having fun, like the podcast and just, I'm going to do an open mic night in like 20 minutes, you know, half hour, whenever this is, whenever this is up, I'm, I'm already booked to go on stage downtown and 
Last night I did a live recording at a brewery. The night before that I did a live recording at, at the wine bar. And a lot of people are like, will message – well, they won't message me, but they'll I'll hear through the grapevine that they'll say, what is Travis doing? Like, why does he think he needs a podcast? Why does he think that he's so qualified and funny? And why does – and it's like that would have really bothered me 10 years ago. I'd have been like, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Close up shop. I'm out of here. And, and, and now I'm like, I don't care. Like, you can have your opinion. I don't care. And that's so I'm living that carefree life right now. So if people are sick of me, they're sick of me. I wish I had that perspective in high school. That's that a so very serious. mature perspective. Did you did it you is. get that from your parents, Travis? Uh, I think it was when you st- keep losing your friends. And after a while, you're like, right. well, these people will be gone anyway. Okay. Soon. Okay. <laughs> wow. All of those traumas, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh grade. Yeah. He was like, okay. Wow. I'm serious. I'm here to learn, I guess, and have fun, and that's what I did. It's great to be independent of the good opinion of other people, though. Come in. Monica's coming in for some reason. Hello. Okay. For some reason. Hi, Monica. Hi, hey, Travis. Meet, meet Monica. Hello. Hi, Monica. You got clothes on? <laughs> Hello, everybody. Just checking on him and dinner and all you guys. That's all. What's for dinner? Okay. We're prob- Can we have five more minutes? And some bullshit. Scallops and bullshit. Yeah. Ooh, See you later. Delicious. All right, that's it. All right. All right. Bye, guys. We'll, we'll be hey. out. We'll be out soon. Love Travis you. has an open mic, so we're we're ending soon. Yeah. We got to Yeah. Uh, the cute one. Oh, hi, Travis. <laughs> he wants to swing. Ah, ooh. I'm in. So. Hey, Reed, go eat. Monica, sit down. <laughs> he is married, Monica. We don't. For now, it's my current wife. Yeah, that's what I. That's what I. That's why I refer to her now when I introduce her to my friends. I go, I go. Uh, that was my former wife that you remember. This is my current wife. <laughs> I bet she loves that. She loves it. Yeah. You've upgraded. We don't have time for me to ask you the deep delving question. What happened in the first marriage, Travis? First marriage is this. I'll tell you this right now. Married too young. Came from a Bible college, so very like you think that you've got things kind of figured out, right? You think, okay, I know what this is. But one thing that I didn't realize, that I didn't prepare for, uh, you have to be a teammate, and teammates don't keep score. Teammates say, if you just dropped the ball and it went out of bounds, I'm going to throw it to you again. And they're not like they're not harping on you. That's the one thing I learned. I got to be a teammate and not an opponent or a, or a bad teammate. The other thing was I hit my – so married at 20, three kids almost immediately within four years, bought a house, career. When you're 18, you have 100,000 doors that are open to you. They're all open. Where you could go, what, your, what is your wife going to look like, What's your, where are you going to live, what's your, what's your first house, what's your kids going to look like. And they start shutting. Once you start shutting those doors, you only have a few doors left. And as you get older, you realize that too. You realize, man, it's like people ask you when you first start dating, when do you get married? Okay, well, then they go, okay, well, once you get married, uh, when are you guys going to have your first kid? Once you have your first kid, when do you have your next kid? Uh, when do you get your career? Uh, and then you get to a point where the next question they're going to ask you is, when are you going to retire? And then the very last question after that is, when are you going to die? And so, <laughs> and so you have all of these doors that are shut. And yeah. I'm 32 with all of these doors shut. And that's when I started. My dad got leukemia. And at that point, I just shut off with all emotion. I was there for my kids. 
and I just didn't know how, how to handle my dad. And I would have never, this is, this is, I remember thinking these thoughts when I was a teenager. I love my dad. Dad is a great dad. In fact, he was out here today sawing up wood with me. He's a, he's a very supportive dad, a good dad. I wouldn't have cried at his funeral if I was 15, 16, 17, you know, because I'm thinking he's in heaven now. And I'm not really seeing the ramifications of not having a dad in my life, right? So once it got real, we got leukemia for the second time. That's when I realized, like, oh, my gosh, this is real now. And uh, and then I just checked out. And I and and as much as you want to have people who go, oh, you know, when your dad's in the hospital, they say, oh, my dad was in the hospital. He had a heart attack. But he's out now, right? Like, like that's the thing. Like, people will try to leukemia. They tell you one day, they're like, oh, yeah, you're going to be out tomorrow. No problem. And then they're like, oh, sorry, just got your report. You're going to be here for the next three months. You know, it's like you never know when they're coming home, when you're cured, when you're not cured, all of that. And so it's a very up and down. And my current wife, uh, she, her dad died of leukemia when she was 17, 18. And we had those friendship conversations of that whole thing it just turned into more than a friendship i didn't do it right in my first marriage and started a relationship during it because i was checked out and then got divorced and married her so married married the the my my uh you know jamie my friend my, my best friend so when you said what do you not want what do people not want to, what do you, what do you want to hide from us that, yeah, I was unfaithful in my first marriage, and, and everyone has reasons for it. And uh, it's a thing that I will, I, will, I will always regret that I didn't do it the right way first. So, Damn. Well, well done. Thank you so much for well sharing. Well done, Sir Travis. <laughs> yeah, thank you You're for welcome. sharing that. You're welcome. And you can keep it in. <laughs> I, I don't have to take it out. Let's no, just keep, let's just, let's just keep it in. Again, again, I'm carefree, and people know. Everyone knows. Keep it in till I tell you to take it out. Yeah. <laughs> I think the people now are going to start telling Reed to keep it on. <laughs> okay, I'll do some chest work. <laughs> I like it, Reed. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I like it. I'm carefree, too. You probably have the same carefree thing. Ah, who cares? Yeah. Oh, man. So, so, many, so much has come up. So, much, so, so many reactions to, to, to your right. story. Yeah, I wish, right, well, I, I, wish I had taken high school as philosophically as you did me too i always got criticized for taking things too seriously but that's who you are today i mean that's how that's how you got to who you are today right right when i was uh even preparing for this podcast and i have like a little journal that i've been taking little notes on but every top of every single page i'm saying don't take yourself too seriously it's it's not serious i i mean there's the perfectionist in me and some other stuff too. I just want to do it all right. And I, I've wanted people to like me. I've struggled with a lot of that stuff. And now being a new mom, it like comes out again. Um, and then now doing a new podcast, it, it's just no one, no matter what, it comes out full force. But like I've said before, like I, 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 I am trying not to care. I, I say I don't care, but I'm really trying not to care because I just want to hang out and have fun yeah. now. Yeah. Because on your deathbed, are you going to be thinking about those people? If you're laying there on your deathbed, are you going to be thinking about any of those people? Maybe. Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> you might be. Yeah, okay. You will be. No, I will be because we're talking about it. And I'll and be sitting there going, hey, I'm on my <laughs> deathbed. Time. Damn it, Travis. <laughs> now I care. 
my god. Anyway, how about you, Paul? You got some last words about taking things too serious? Well, I would say don't take things too seriously because in the end, you know, we're all going to die at some point. So mm -hmm. don't take life too seriously. Do you take it too serious? I definitely did not in high school. Matter of fact, I chose to go to school in Ohio because the drinking age was 19. So that's how I picked where I went to school. So um, you meant you meant college? College, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So I I, I basically uh, partied my way through high school pretty much, um, and so I, I I enjoyed high school quite a bit. Uh, I started to take life much more seriously uh, uh, in college, and then of course in grad school. Once you have to realize you have to make a living, and uh, you know you can't keep going to school forever because you have to pay some bills, then you know. But, you know, I, I still say high school is the best time of your life and people look at me like I'm crazy. But I, uh, I'm i still friends with um, many of my close uh, high school friends. And I'm working on organizing my class reunion right now, matter of fact. Oh. So in the times is of it, COVID, what, what, what? it's... 10-year? It's what is it? 15? Oh, it's 35. 35? <laughs> I was throwing you a bone there. I didn't know I was throwing you a big bone. <laughs> Funky and Live, the class of 1985. 80s had Holy some good music. Yeah, yeah. Me, yeah. Me and Jacqueline were not four years old. Do not think about that at that time. Jacqueline and I were not four. Yeah, Jacqueline, <laughs> Jacqueline was young back then. <laughs> so. Read, read. 85. Where were you at in life, real quick? How, how old and all that fun stuff? 85. I got married to Monica yeah. 35 years ago. Oh, oh, and we tied it in. There's nothing better than starting off with something and then ending it with the same yeah. thing because you've already mentioned that. That's it's awesome. Way to go. Hey, so Travis, good luck tonight. You, um, It's been really fun hearing Thank how you. these live events have been going. I mean, you're just knocking it out of the park, and I'm so happy for you. Hey, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, my, yeah my other little quick uh, tip for people is bomb on purpose. And that's and, and what I mean by that is, uh, it makes it so much sweeter to learn. If you try, if if you're not learn, if you're not learning, then then you're not doing it right. So, um, I'm gonna probably go and bomb. I bombed last night. I'll probably bomb again tonight. So. Oh, I didn't know uh, that. Yeah. Oh, bombed bad. Ooh. Oh, great. Ooh. Yeah. So. I've I've listened to comedians talk about the times they bomb, like just on oh. podcasts or something, and it's so fun. There's they're like so congratulatory and it's like this yeah. re revered thing of like that yeah, one time or the up oh they love it yeah no it is I, I, yeah be okay with bombing holy cool cow. we should Hell do an yeah. open well, this, mic this... night and do a little stand-up the four of us we could do it let's do it oh, all right i think so i could organize i could organize if you come out we here you have so much failure to embrace yes <laughs> <laughs> shirtless i won't go oh. shirtless but uh yeah. Yes. Open, che open chest you, your night. Your openness, your humor, your intelligence reminds me of that famous stand-up guy that pulls his shirt off all the time. Burt Bert Kreischer. I love Burt Kreischer. I do, too. I get that a lot. A lot of people say, oh, you're just like, I'm like, yeah, I, I look like him. And, yeah, I do have yeah. that body, too. So, so. I, would, I would never steal his, his shtick, but I, I, I do have pants. No pants. I do have pants. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, thanks for having Thank me. You. Love yeah, you guys. Thanks. I, I, and I say this, I love you guys. You guys are great. Much I can love. see why you guys. Oh, sending you love. Guys it's a treasure to know so you, quickly. man. Yeah. Hey again. I'll see you out. Did you enjoy yourself? I sure do hope so. On behalf of Reed, Jacqueline, and Paul, I want to thank you for your time. I've heard there's going to be some pretty awesome folks stopping by. For more information, check out Living Room Therapy on Facebook or Instagram. 
and we hope to see you soon.